Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Jacques Berger. And when I'm stalking Springbok in the Namibian wilderness, all I take with me is a knife and the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. It's all a real man needs. Thank you very, very much for listening. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. It's episode 33 and you are in for a treat. It's the usual, well, bunch of numpties. Myself, (laughs) Tim, him, JB. Hi, Tim. And Phil as well. Hi, Tim. And we've already been introduced by a man who is going to feature heavily and prominently on today's podcast, Jacques Berger. It was a big, big day. If you've been listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast from day one, you will know that there is not a rugby player that has received more adulation, more love, sometimes quite inappropriate love from <laughs> JB. Well, when we were at the BT Sports Studios as their guests in the media hub, uh, reviewing some of the non-televised matches for BT Sport, little did we know when we got there that Jacques Berger was the guest on the show. Wow. They say, don't meet your heroes. They're wrong. Meet your heroes. They're even better. <laughs> They're even better in real life than on TV. <laughs> So we're going to talk about that as well. We'll talk about our experience uh, from the BT Sport. Uh, there, was some, there was some interesting stuff that happened both on air and off air that we will share with you as well. Also, some big old rugby matches in England, in France, uh, in the Rabo Pro Direct 12 as well. So we'll be uh, getting into that as well. We'll be starting a brand new feature called Banter Squadron. Banter Squadron! Banter Squadron! <laughs> in a little bit. And we'll be looking at the England squad that Stuart Lancaster has got to pick. And that and loads more. So... Get in touch, of course, as you do brilliantly, and I thank you for that. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. But let's start. There we were, Saturday, before the final round of Premiership matches. Can you talk about that moment, JB, when when Sean, the producer at BT Sport, let slip the news that Jacques Berger was going to be well, he gave me the some guest op- of honour? He gave me some options. He goes, do you know who's going to be on the show? So, no idea. And he goes, do you want to guess? So I went, who... Um, Andy Good. <laughs> it wasn't Andy Good. And then, wow, Jack Berger. Uh, thank you, Tim. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised. I thought they might want to play him or he might want to be there. But no, media commitments. So, yeah. delighted. When we got asked the question, I was thinking, kind of, who's not going to be playing? I was he's thinking, injured. yeah, maybe someone who's retired well, or someone who's injured. But he's not. He's just on a, a booster week as they do at Saracens. Indeed, they do. Uh, and they, they did rest most of their squad, didn't they? Most of their first choice squad. Yeah, pretty pretty much. What a guy! What a guy! Very very nice. Uh, yeah. And very very modest. If I was, I don't know, ten percent as good as him, I rugby. You would never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> we never hear the end of it anyway. Exactly. 
<laughs> You'll hear an interview with Jacques Berger, the like of which you will not have heard anywhere else in his rugby career so far. We didn't talk to him about rugby. We talked to him about something else, which you'll find out very soon. Man stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice being back at uh, BT Sport again. They were very hospitable. Good, lovely coffee machine. I need to know what coffee capsules they are. That was no Nespresso, was it? It, was, was, it, it wasn't Nespresso. Oh, was, was it, it Nespresso? Was, it was actually Nespresso. <laughs> I mean, Nespresso. They're brilliant. Of course it was Nespresso. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, were there. we were in the media hub, so there was the two televised games going on, and we'll talk about them, them in a bit. And then we were each given a game as well to look at. JB sort of yeah. struck gold there with Saracens Leicester. Great game to watch. I just wanted to chat to Jack after. I knew you'd be interested still. <laughs> and uh, I, I got Sale London Irish, which was all right because I'm matching outs for Sale and my brother plays for Irish. That was quite good. I got to watch that. Phil? Yeah, so I th- I wanted <laughs> I wanted uh, Northampton Wasps because it should be a good game. It was a great game. Uh, and there was still something riding on it because Northampton had to get at least a point. Yeah. But- Did they get that point? I think, I, don't they, I, think they, I don't know. I think they might have just got that point. I think they scraped over the line. Yeah, um, I think so. But that was the other televised match, so I got stuck with the, one of the worst games I've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was Newcastle Exeter. Wow! In horrendous conditions at Kingston Park, no one wanted to be there. Not least, no one was there. Well, Only yeah, one person was there. There, there was one. There was Stuart Lancaster for some reason. He must have got lost on the way to the stoop. Must have t- I don't taken a... get it. What was Stuart Lancaster doing he, at Kingston Park? I think he's showing all the England team that when you're in the England squad, you've got to do things you don't want to do. <laughs> it's uh, kind of a fortitude <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, sometimes we do things that aren't fun. No, one, no, one, no one's <laughs> yeah. enjoying it. So uh-huh. me, Stuart Lancaster, and about five or six other people uh, watched it was a, t- <laughs> a terrible game. So then the the game's finished, and we'll get into the games in a second, and then uh, Craig Doyle came to each of us in turn to say, right, well, tell us about tell us about that match. So, JB, tell us about Saracens-Leicester, or Leicester-Saracens. Well, if you saw me, you'll notice I was more wooden than the insides of the Murray Celeste. It, <laughs> it wasn't a nice experience. <laughs> Although we were very, very well looked after. So, Saracens versus Leicester. Um, started off pretty well. Um, for Saracens, and I actually thought uh, Saracens were going to do a bit of a Claremont to, uh, to Leicester. Um, dominant in defence, so Charlie looked absolutely awesome. Second half, they both uh, both teams decided that defence wasn't really for them. I still don't know why that guy got red-carded. Um, what's his face? Melk. Melk. Melk got red-carded. I still have no idea. I, I thought the referee made a gouging sign. The assistant referee told the referee that he'd made contact with Neil Briggs's eyes. Oh, it's gouging then? So, yeah. I think if that guy stayed on... I can't say his name, Malk, they would have won that. And I think Ben Spencer's awesome. It, it, yeah, Ben Spencer, the young scrum half. He was so fast and his service is good. He scored two tries. There's one game that we really want to talk about, so let's skim over the rest. So the Sale London Irish, my review of the game is, it was a game that lasted 80 minutes and the referee blew the final whistle. Right, move on. <laughs> oh, London Irish won. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the, you could tell everyone was on the beach, although actually it was pretty brutal up front. I will, I will say that, the forwards went for it a bit. And uh, it was there seemed to be a nice atmosphere at the end and... Lots of lots of the Irish players were hugging James O'Connor and and Marlon Yard, and it actually seemed like a nice nice ending. So yeah, uh, and then and then it was the big moment for Phil mm. because this was your first like just you on shot. Yeah, just you, Phil. This was your moment. Yeah, centre stage. Yeah, and I got cut. I got dropped brutally, <laughs> but not not only did I get dropped, so they went to ad break when they should have uh, or would have gone to me. But then shortly after the ad break, Craig Doyle came back to me 
because he, what he did talked. is he said in the ad break, he turned round and went, oh I'm, oh, I'm really sorry, we had to cut you, the producer told me we had to, we had to, we'd run out of time, we had to cut you, I'm really sorry about that. But then when it was live again, he came back to me to apologise again, but just ended up taking the piss out of me. <laughs> Firstly, <laughs> Take, he called you Rich. Yeah, got, got the, my name wrong. Uh, Rich, but, I mean, f- Paul, Phil, <laughs> is it Phil? Who, Who are, are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Took the, took the mickey out of my hair. And then just left me smiling, like just my smiling <laughs> face, like grinning like an idiot for three or four seconds before cutting away again. Like a, like a nervous Vietnamese villager, just smiling away. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. <sighs> so that means that, uh, well, from now on, we've got uh, myself, Tim, JB and Rich. <laughs> and Rich, every time you try and speak, that's your, that. your microphone's going down, you're oh, getting cut. Imagine what? that. Phil's weekend is come up from the train in London, go back down on the train to London go to BT Sport may, be made to watch Newcastle I know <laughs> get your name wrong and then get ripped about your hair <laughs> and then you can go home poor <laughs> <laughs> oh. Phil cheers Craig <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made, that made, but I'm, that I'm ma- ca- I am glad because the only things I could have possibly said about that game would have been extremely negative or exactly what Craig Doll had already said. That could have added nothing. Yes. We're going to hear what happened when we spoke to Jack Berger in a few minutes' time, but what also, there was what, obviously Lawrence Delalio was there. We've not mentioned Lawrence Delalio, World Cup winner. He was my hero as a rugby player when I was growing up. I absolutely loved him. And he was just there, and we didn't pay him any attention. We were there the whole day. We got a picture with Jacques Berger. We got an interview with Jacques Berger. We chatted to Jacques Berger. I don't think we even bothered now having a chat with Lawrence. He might have been a bit put out because we were like we were following Jacques Berger round, <laughs> and just completely ignored Lawrence Delalio, except for the last five minutes. <laughs> where oh my J- God, yeah. Jay tried to engage in some conversation about Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I, I was watching TV and then the Austrian entrance came, uh, entrant came on and I was like, what is that? What is that? Lawrence, no, no. Lawrence, have you seen the Austrian entrance to Eurovision? No, Lawrence, mate. Lawrence, <laughs> have you seen the Austrian entrance? No, mate, I haven't. Lawrence Delalio was lying down on a sofa in the green room in a sofa that had been fashioned out of an old London telephone box. He was clearly on the phone talking to someone and JB, the only thing he said to Lawrence Delalio all day... Lawrence, have you seen the Austrian entry in Eurovision? <laughs> it's a, I'll tell you what, wow, wow. <laughs> I stand by that. And Yeah, we'll be down there again, I'm certain, especially, well, maybe not if Jacques Berger goes there. He's probably had that written into his contracts in future <laughs> <laughs> that JB's allowed, yeah. got to stay 200 feet away from him. But uh, the big game that was on the, the telly at the weekend and that was on in the studio and was the focus of all of it, really, Quinn's Bath, turned out to be a belter. Did you get the feeling that we all watched two games of rugby and we're trying to watch the, all the other games of rugby because there was like six yeah. six screens around us. So I watched more rugby than I've ever watched. It, yeah. But like, Sensory overload. Yeah. There's it's so like, little of it actually sunk in. I couldn't tell you very much about that uh, Bath Harlequins game, even though it was on a monitor two feet away It feels like you're building up, building up a resistance. Like By the time you finish, all your pleasure senses are shot like, you're, like you've been a cocaine junkie for the last eight years. Like, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing now makes any impression. You come out of there numb. <laughs> I, uh, what I did seem to notice the whole afternoon long was Mike Brown getting mentioned in glowing terms again. Yeah. Both defensively and in attack as well. Yeah. He consistently looked good. Danny Kerr looked good as well. Um, well, do you know what? 
Do you know what? And I'm not. We don't blow our own trumpet. If anything, we we self-deprecating, well. and, and rightly so, because we've got there's plenty of reason for us to be self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, we do self-deprecate because we are the top rugby podcast on iTunes. So yeah, yeah, we do quite often. <laughs> we are the top rugby podcast on iTunes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's just a fact, isn't it? That, it that, is that, just, that, that is just actually a fact. That, that's not that's not bigging up yourself, blowing your own trumpet. That's no, just stating no. facts. That is just stating facts. In fact, we just like to state facts. We are the most popular rugby podcast in the United Kingdom, probably. Fact. There you go. Uh, but no, we don't We don't blow our own trumpet, but I'm going to, because all of us, we all said we thought the game would go, Quinns would win it, but by less than seven. And we all cited the fact that players like in key decision-making positions, like Nick Easter, Danny Kerr, Nick Evans, Mike Brown, would be the difference. Mm. And so it proved. I think if they had low, maybe it might, it, it might be different, but... Yeah, you talk about key yeah. key positions for Harlequins, all being fit and in form, and... But, Captain, arguably best player, and Matt Garvey, one of the best yeah. performing players yeah. of the season. Kyle Eastman, one of the most explosive players they've got in their midfield. What was Kyle Eastman doing uh, this week, by the way? Because mm. he was also on Twitter with three uh, with three ladies in a, in a foreign country. Yeah, a couple of days ago, he posted, really? posted a Did picture. Did you not see that picture? Yeah, he, he tweeted on thir- Thursday afternoon. He's there with three ladies, all stunning and all taller than Kyle. <laughs> well, the, the taller bit, I'm not that surprised about. <laughs> I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Bath look fragile, and they finally broke. And they, if they'd won that, they'd have won it by clinging on. They've been clinging on to fourth place. Whereas Harlequin's going on a serious run of form now. Yeah, they really do. They beat Leicester. They had some really tough games. Yep. It does this season get regarded as a failure for Bath? Yes, I think. Think, so. of, yeah. think about how much they've spent, and and the, they've been in the top four. Virtually all season. Yeah. From pretty much day one. Bruce Did. Craig looked furious. I'm not surprised. Absolutely furious. Not upset, furious. And when a man like Bruce Craig is furious, people get handed P45s left, left, left right and centre. <laughs> well, they got rid of Gary Gold earlier in the season, didn't they? I kind of think Ford isn't cut out for it. Not the fly half, his dad. You reckon? He, he kind of, when he's interviewed, he seems a little bit flustered. He looks, to, in, the, in the Gloucester game, he looked flustered. Uh, I think he's he's had. I think Toby Booth is 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 the real deal. He's had some tough injuries and some yeah, tough you got, results. You got to be fair. I think a fully think... a fully fit Bath team probably would have beaten Harlequins at the weekend with Francois Lowe, Matt Garvey, mm. Kyle Eastmond. Yeah, uh, Rob Webber. Rob Webber. Like oh, having yeah. your first your first two hookers yeah. both out injured is, oh, well, is a th- big deal. And also the third hooker went got, down. Went went off. Yeah. So uh, it's prob- it's problematic. But Quinns play n- nice rugby. Their offloading game, however. Is very similar to a certain Claremont, which is they break the line and they offload. And if you can't break the line, you're going down hard. Yeah, very, very good point. That, that, that makes, I don't know if you did that deliberately, Jay, but that's a wonderful segue you just made there, making reference to Claremont. And because we're talking about Bath Quinns, and in, in England, of course, that was the biggest result. But you, I would probably say across the rugby world, the biggest result of the weekend was Claremont losing their home record 77 games unbeaten. This um, this was huge in the playoff semi final no playoff quarter final yes. yes against Cast yeah teams you know other teams go there and haven't been able to break them down Claremont lost at home and instrumental to that was a South African born but potential oh, French mean, yes. international Rory Cockett who scored seventeen of- who in I think one of the very first episodes of the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast we. We picked him out as well. Firstly, I think we picked him out because he had a ridiculous boot on him. He kicked yeah. a conversion from sixty meters. It, it, did he not drop a goal for? Yeah, from, dro- yeah, dropped a goal from from the halfway line on the touchline. Uh, yeah. ridiculous boot on him. But scrum half can dabble at fly half, like all good French, French. scrum halves yeah. can do. 
you're right. He had a big, he had a big, big game. He was the top point scorer in the top fourteen last year, and he guided Cast to the the championship last year. And it looks like he's going to be instrumental in doing it again. And I think as of very soon, he will be eligible for France. Semi-finals for the top fourteen: Toulon, who got a bye to the straight to the semi-final by virtue of finishing top of the league in the regular season, will face off against Racing Metro, who, who beat Toulouse, who beat Toulouse at home. Yeah, which is a, which is another big upset. I don't, I'm not a fan of the, that, that Racing Metro side. I've said it a few times. I don't think they're very good. Uh, I think the players are better than the, than the actual team, but they beat Toulouse. So. Johnny Sexton had a really good game. Um, Mike Phillips came on and put it about a bit in the second half. And right. I'm not talking As about... As he does, well, hey, lad. <laughs> we know he likes to put it about a bit, but I'm not talking oh. about that. And the other semi-final will be Montpellier, Montpellier, who finished second in the regular season. He'll get a bye to the semi-final against the team that have just... I mean, they'll be on a massive high, beating Claremont in Claremont. Mm. Cast. Cast it look good to get to the final again, I guess. Uh, well, Montpellier finished second in the, uh, uh, they've yeah. got the regular Mamuka season. Gorgodza. Yeah. Uh, listen, well, let's talk. Let's get back to a player who's going to be absolutely instrumental in the Viva Premiership playoffs and in the the Heineken Cup final. Jacques Berger. We met him at BT Sport at the weekend. It was an unbelievable moment for JB. I've never. If you look at the picture at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, <laughs> we posted a picture of us with Jacques Berger, and JB. As Rory has pointed out on Twitter. JB, who's wearing a blazer. Oh, come on. In fact, the B stands for blazer. That is his name, Jay Blazer. <laughs> Rory was suggesting that maybe you were using the blazer to hide your excitement of being <laughs> with next to Jacques. He's very exciting. He's about the same size as me, but about three times a man. Four times a man. <laughs> more. more. <laughs> so we had a few minutes with Jacques Berger in the green room at, uh, at BT Sport, and we, we thought we could talk to him about rugby. We could talk to him about the World Cup next year. We no. can talk to him about the Premier No. We're men. We like talking about men things. So? Just a couple of guys chatting. So I asked him about my arthritis cream that he's, he's using. <laughs> oh, he did as well. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, no, that's not the thing you mentioned. You were thinking of, Tim. No, no, no. We, Jack, we, talk to me about your arthritis cream. Do you really use it? <laughs> he also sleeps in a cryogenic chamber two nights <laughs> a week. Yeah. We did find that out. He does. Yeah. Two nights a week he sleeps in a cryogenic... You're right. I've forgotten about Just that. Just like Universal cry- Soldier. I think that's where they got the idea from. I, I, Universal <laughs> Soldier, that, that is not Jack Berger. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren against Jack Berger. Now, that would be a fight. <laughs> one-way traffic. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All one-way traffic. So, we asked Jack Berger about a man thing, and I think you're going to enjoy this. We said, Jack, tell us what meat you love. Tell us about your favourite meat. Okay, my favourite um, will be a Kalahari sheep. Um, a dorper, we call it. I don't know what the English word is for it, but a um, nice rib um, on like a, a, a split toaster. Just up on the side, like a, you kind of hold it up in the fire and it, um, you keep it there for a while, and then um, some chops as well with a bit of a bry broikis, which is like a toasty with some um, cheese and onions, tomatoes, a bit of chutney um, on the barbecue, and um, maybe two or three beers after that just to, and you, just to get you it go down and here. catch the animal that you then ate as well. Well, you? Um, yeah, you kill it yourself, you know, that's that's the caveman way, you gotta you gotta. <laughs> Kill and eat, and um, hey, I'm a caveman. We are all cavemen secretly, so we just don't know yet. Do you do a bit hunting? I do. I'm not a big fan, really. I like the I like the experience more than I like the killing bit of it. I like going and being on the truck and having beers, and it's you're there with your mates, and it's that's the best best part of it. The actually shooting part is exciting, but because I didn't grow up on a farm, so I didn't go hunting a lot. 
So I'm not killing crazy. I just like their experience. Other than Claremont, what's the tastiest thing you've killed? <laughs> um, I like. I actually like Springboks. I like Springbok. We have quite a few on our farm, Springbok. So um, good meat, pretty lean as well. So like me, very lean. <laughs> so no, it's... Um, hey? You are what you eat. You are what you eat, exactly. What, what, is, your, what is your body fat percentage? You must get all that data no, all the time. I don't know. I don't think it'll be great at the moment. Towards the end of the season, you try to keep your weight up a bit and you eat a bit more than you should. And um, So if you ask me at the beginning of the year, I'd say uh, probably about 11, 10, 11%, which is not incredible, but it's not bad. But So you need to, yeah, you need to, have, a, yeah, you need to have a fine balance between being too light. Some guys pick up a lot of, lot of muscle um, easily and quickly, so... Takes the time and, and you got to keep it up there as well. So. Right, final question on meat. Yes. Then. So go. Um, right, if you had a, just a, a fillet steak, how do you have that cooked? Medium, almost, almost still alive. It has to be almost still alive. Rare, medium rare. So mm. you get it wrong. Rather too too rare than uh, too well done. I would say it has to be red and bloody. Uh, you're being called to the studio. Nice one. That, when you just voice first. Yeah, yeah. How good was that? Oh, good. What a man. What a man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jacques Berger talking meat on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Does it get better than that? Well, yeah, actually, it does, to be honest. Does it? Uh, yeah, it does, because we've got a brand new thing on the podcast, which we're bringing in now. <laughs> Shall I introduce what it is first? Play the music. Okay, so we've got a brand new feature, and this came up when we were on the train on the way back from uh, BT Sport at the weekend. The new feature that's going to feature on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast is called Banter Squadron! Banter Squadron Assemble! <laughs> the mission of Banter Squadron is to maintain banter standards, to uphold the traditional rugby banter values and to reward service to banter that goes above and beyond the call of duty. Basically, it's celebrating and rewarding and recognising the amazing banter that some because let's face it, not all do. Some rugby players have. Yeah. And, the, and the first person we've got in, Johnny Wilkinson! <laughs> <laughs> oh, have I got that wrong? Sorry, that's our next feature, isn't it? Sorry, sorry, not Johnny Wilkinson, no. So we're taking nominations for Banter Squadron entrance, and that's where we need you to come in. So if you hear a, a post-match interview which has particularly good banter, or you see something on your team's website with some little content that they've got, you think, you know what? That player deserves to be in Banter Squadron, and it can be from the past as well. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, nominate who you think deserves to make it into Banter Squadron. The most elite fighting unit in the world. Exactly. It's only the best of the best we're looking for. So we've got our first entry, the inaugural entrant into Banter Squadron, and there was only one place to start, wasn't there? It was a unanimous decision when, mm-hmm. we, when we sat down at the selection committee meeting. Indeed. Absolutely. What makes this entrant to Banter Squadron so special, Jay? Oh. Jay Blazer. Crikey. Crikey. Well, I mean, the, the fact that I use the word crikey. <laughs> special kind of character. The kind of character you'd want to go for a beer with. Go, uh, f- go fishing with. He would love fishing. He's just a very, very special man. Phil? And very consistent as well. Just con- maintaining consistent high standards. It rolls off the tongue. It, it doesn't pause for breath. Yeah. It's not like he thinks, oh, I think, I think I need, need, need a funny analogy for that. No. He's, he's as sharp of mind and with banter as he is as a player. He is. Sharper, perhaps, some, some might argue. <laughs> exactly. We are making the first entrant into Banter Squadron! <laughs> <laughs> 
the honey badger. Of course. Well done. Well done, the honey badger. You're in. You've made it now. You've got your Aussie caps, but this is it. You're you're the first man in Banter Squadron, and we name you Brigadier Badge. When when we're back on our line here, we're, we're, we're doing like buddy, like the boys in the trenches in Gallipoli there. Probably not as difficult as that, but uh, and then uh, you know at the end they were just like that that kid that fell out of the tree. You know, he just he just wasn't in it. <laughs> I was chasing balls. I was I was busier than it, buddy. Busier than a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad, mate. It was it was flat out. So when I got that, there you go, up the guts and into them as the badge would say, <laughs> Brigadier Badge. Now. In subsequent weeks, we're going to have more members of a Banter Squadron. Banter Squadron! That's what you said like that, Jay. Yeah, Banter Squadron! Uh, however, we want your opinion still. And, and can... also, we, I mean, we, we want to emphasise the positive. We want to focus on the positive, the, the great banter and people mm. that deserve to go into Banter Squadron. This is the, an, an elite rugby force. But if there is someone that has some really terrible chat, then we can also court-martial exactly. some exactly. rugby players. And put them in, uh, yeah, and put them in Banter Prison. I, I mean, my um, my, my back to on-field rugby matters, and this Thursday, well, depending on when you listen to this, it might be today, it might be yesterday, it might be a couple of days' time, but on the 15th of May, uh, Stuart Lancaster is going to announce his England squad to tour New Zealand. And JB is a financial advisor. That is correct. And Phil is a quantity surveyor. Correct. So you you guys are pretty handy with number crunching. I want a bit more of that, I want a bit less of that, or buy or sell and I thought you know what let's let's take those skills into account and kind of treat the England squad like it's a like it's a stock exchange like yeah. you, you have the ability to to sell players or to get rid of some toxic asset yeah new venture now before we do are we going off the old England squad which went to the Six Nations so I've got a list of everyone who was in, involved in the Six Nations and also there's a few people who were in the the wider squad yeah so there's like the there's two squads announced at the Six Nations, one which was like the permanent squad at that time, and one which was just the Six Nations squad. Yeah. So I can read off the front row, the second row, the back row, and we do it in blocks do like block. that. That's a good shout, Phil. So the the front row block was Vunipola, Marla, Mullen, Corbisiero, Hartley, Youngs, Weber, Cole, Wilson, Thomas. Crikey. So immediately there you've got a big problem at Hooker. Oh my word, you do. Because Youngs has been announced out. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, he, he won't be playing in New Zealand because his wife's uh, ill. Mm. Hartley has not played for probably six or seven weeks. He wasn't involved at the weekend again. And Weber. Oh, I'd say Henry Thomas's stock has plummeted. Yeah, because yeah. he's not been starting at all. And when he when he has come on. He's been penalised in every single game. He's yeah. really lost out at scrum time. He's getting back to back yellow cards as well. Yeah. I think his, his turning point was uh, was that Bath game. At scrum time, I think he's one player that the new ELVs have not helped because he looked so much better last season than this season. Mm. So Henry Thomas gone, dropped. Well, I'm not saying sold. He, I'm not saying he'd be dropped, but I'm saying his stock has plummeted, uh, and which means that yeah, we've got an issue at Tighthead because him. because Cole is also out. What, because Cole is also out. So David got- Wilson, I said last week that David Wilson, um, Paul James, and whoever they played played a hooker would beat the Holocons for, for real. Comfortably, not no, so much. Carl Sinclair is a talent. Well, I wasn't. I was thinking more of Marla. So very smart player like Jake Cooper Woolley might he be brought in as a tight head? He's a possibility. Yeah, Will Collier and Carl Sinclair are two young players who are playing well. I don't know who would replace Cole in that squad because w- w- let's assume that Wilson and Thomas, even though Thomas's stock is falling, yeah. are going to be there. You really need one more. 
Sinclair? I think Cooper Woolley might be the one that he got. Cooper Woolley, yes. Hooker? Hooker's the... Oh, it's a big one, isn't it? Well, 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 we've got contenders, right? So let's assume Tom Youngs and Rob Webber are out. Dylan Hartley will go, albeit not a bit rusty. Yeah. Let's throw people into the mix then. So Ward. Dave Ward. Dave Ward. Without a doubt, I think he'll be in. His, His stock has, especially through the European games and Harlequins... Yeah. Uh, good form recently. Batty? Can't see that. No. Well, I mean, he's he, he's an English hooker, and there's not many of them. I think well, there's there's a few of the younger, potentially more talented. Like... Outside, outside, bet I see him quite a lot. Tommy Taylor at sale. Yeah. Although, he Although he's not for the Saxons. Yeah, and he's not been starting as much recently. No, that's true. Cowan Cowan Dickey had a, a good game, admittedly in a poor, in a poor match. Um, oh, in I... in front of Stuart Lancaster what's at the, the, yeah, lead, what's at the weekend. Name. Ludicrous name. Um, so I, I think if if Lancaster was there to watch anyone, given the, the hooker problems, he would have been watching Cowan Dickey and it would have done his chances no harm. Mm. Um, and Haywood of uh, Northampton. Uh, right, Hartley's yeah, okay. backup has been playing very well in a, in a very good Northampton so team. So we're looking at... Hartley, Dave Ward and one other, possibly Cowan Dickey. Jamie George as well, he's a possible... Oh, Jamie yeah, George, that's, that's a guy that needs a shot. Definitely, he he played. He started for the Saxons in the Six Nations, like yeah. equivalent. Jamie George really, yeah. T Rex arms. So, needs so, to so go. they've got some good T Rex arms, <laughs> balloon headed Jamie George. Yeah. Get him in. So they've they've got some good young guys that they can blood. So it they, they might not be a bad thing with those uh, those injuries. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Loosehead. Um, it's oh, pretty fine. That's, that's, yeah, they're all good. I think Corbs. Depending on how he plays in the next few games, might come in for Mullen. M- but for Mullen, yeah. Funny Paul and Marla, Corbs or Mullen, yeah. perfect. Second row. Second, Second row. row. Laws and Launchbury are nailed on for me. Uh, Pauling got injured. They are FTSE 100 top 10 performers, aren't they? They yeah. certainly are. Their stock rose and rose during the Six Nations, and it's not fallen at yeah, all. Yeah, they haven't let their shareholders down. They've, they're all getting dividends. And then Pauling's not been playing, and he went off yep. in the match so of the weekend. He's so struggling. Kitchener uh, scored, scored and Ed, a few. And Ed Slater's had a great season. Yeah. Atwood and Slater were the other two Atwood, that's the one I in, the, see. in the wider tournament so I imagine those two will stay now Atwood and Slater well, especially like, like Courtney Laws his stock has risen as an athlete and everything but it's his line out performance that's yeah. really taken him to another level into the top performing the... portfolio he's kind of like a dot com boom yeah <laughs> well, no booming and booming well no it's still in the boom it's, yeah it's still, still in the boom he does plenty of booming it def- um, definitely it does yeah and back row so back row there was Rob Shaw Wood Vunipola all good uh, then Morgan Kvezic, Tom Kv- jo- Tom Johnson, and Tom, Tom Croft. Kvezic is Kvezic's stock has been dropping all season, and then is just is he just the, the grass the... just picking up. No, no, now, no, 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 bit. no, no. Kvezic is the end run of rugby. Forget him; he's done. <laughs> um, Kvezic done. Uh, for for me, for me, you can get rid of Kvezic and Morgan and bring in Armitage. Oh, oh, he won't do it, but he should. <laughs> he should do it. And he you won't do it. I just said you as the start of the season. I don't think you as will go, no. 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 Tom no. Johnson play, uh, played well for England when he when he came back. He's a, he's a solid player, but he's, he's 31. And well, are we trying to win the World Cup next yeah, year? Yeah, exactly. World Cup I next don't. year, that's all right. He's, I, he's solid. He's not spectacular, though. Stuart Lancaster's sort of guy, if he, if he was a fund manager to keep the allowed as you go, and he would be a low-risk fund uh, manager, wouldn't he? He'd be a passive. He'd be a long term. He'd be a yeah. long term. He's, he's picking up, picking up new assets and, and then allowing them. them to appreciate or, or banking that, that, that they will appreciate, rather than going for tried and tried and tested. I think Ben place. Morgan will go. I think he will. For me, his stock is just has dropped this season. Yeah. 
Um, and but he's like not playing saying, though, is he? That's the other thing. Is he injured? Or? He's been playing recently, but he I just scored I, at the weekend. I think he needs to lose about ten kgs. Yeah. No, he used to run on a treadmill with a snorkel to lose weight and, and increase his <laughs> to cardio get, to get him fitter. Yeah, yeah. I've read wow. that as well. Imagine seeing Ben Morgan here. You just rock up to the uh, uh, to, to, to the fit, gym to fitness like, first. Yeah, fitness first. You're there. Ben Morgan is massive. Then <laughs> sticks in his snorkel. I'm gonna. I'm Vinopola and Rob Shaw. In very different reasons, I'm perfectly happy with that. Tom Wood, I'm pretty happy about the backup back row. I'm not very happy with in the England squad. It would be nice if Garvey was fit. It would be nice to see Ferns get a get a shot in there. Wallace of Harlequins, another ex- yeah, why is he, excellent getting, young, young English back row. He could be a superstar. But there's no one I'm going, oh, my, you have to pick them, apart from Armitage. Jamie, yeah. J- Jamie Gibson? Agreed. G- Jamie Gibson, Gibson yeah. stock on the rise. Croft. Yeah. Tom Croft. Yes. Let's, end of season, end of season recovery. Happen? What is it about Tom Croft and getting fit? Just he's, just, to... he's just not really into the premiership, is he? That's what it is. <laughs> he just likes touring with England yeah. or other Lions. <laughs> is there some representative rugby? Oh, go on then. <laughs> Halfbacks aren't going to change, are they? That's just so, We've got another couple of top... Well, we've got one top performing, like, probably... probably well, maybe, Sippers, maybe... Michael. Sippers, sorry. I've got that from uh, Delalio. How does <laughs> Sippers do? I was like, who? Sippers. Ben Young's... Um, I mean, they're all the, the scrum halves. It's just going to stay the yep. same. Yeah, okay. scrum halves. Let's, let's, let's move on to fly half because there is a question mark there. So the four fly halves: Farrell and Ford done. Yeah, Good. and then go. Myler and Burns. Now Burns stock, stock has dropped. Toxic. That is an asset you that you just drop. Even you accept your losses and you yeah. just drop and you forget about it and you move on. But we've been saying for a lot of the season that Cipriani deserves a shot. But at can, the can, of Myler? Yeah, Myler's been playing so well recently. That I don't think he can. No. Well, it's a think... case, right, that uh, you uh, know exactly what Myler is. You just know what he is. So if anything goes wrong, you can bring him back. I just think that's so unfair on Myler. Why? You're out in New Zealand and, and it, someone gets injured, 10 minutes to go, you want someone to come on. Who would you pick right now, Myler or Cipriani? Cipriani. Half the time. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd feel really sorry for Myler if he doesn't get on the plane because he's done Agreed. nothing wrong. I feel sorry do, for him. But do you, only... you don't want to take four tens on a tour because well, they won't all play. What I was going to say is the only thing... Myler and Farrell could both be in the final of the Premiership, which means they wouldn't be available for the first test. So ah. you would you would need Ford and a n other Danny Cipriani. So you can take Cipriani to, and justify it by saying yeah, and you take four tours, four players on the tour, you get them all experience and all, I've got a feeling and they're all in the setup. Cipriani gets a shot, he might he might not let it go. If they play but, him, he might. I mean, George Ford is is the way forward in, so, the, in the dry. Yeah. Um, He's the way forward. Oh, God, that <laughs> happened. Centres. <laughs> um, Centres. So the five that were involved, Burrell, 12 Trees, Barrett, Tuolagi, Eastmond. So 12 Trees looks like he's injured. Yeah. Shame. He's really oh, well, there's another possible option. Move Farrell. Try, try Farrell at 12. I've wanted to do that for years. That's what I've, that's what I've always said. I think he might do that with the Cipriani thing as well. I think It's might. possible because... Burrell, who played really well at 13 and has played for 12 at, at Northampton, is a very different type of 12 to 12 trees. Farrell is more similar to 12 trees at 12. So yeah, agreed. It, mm. it would keep things a bit more consistent if they did that. Yeah, I, I like Burrell at 13. Although he plays 12 for his club, I like him at 13. So in the two So potentially, rule. Cipriani comes in, 12 trees drops out. Just think about how exciting this is. Care, Cipriani, Eastmond... And then Tuolagi. Tuolagi. Yeah. Just put uh, Brown. No Ford or Farrell. Uh, just in terms of pure excitement. I mean, I think actually oh, Ford right, yeah. and Cipriani. I think Ford. Th- yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're much of a muchness. Ford, Farrell, Tuolagi. 
I'm quite excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that could Ford, be No, awesome. Ford Eastman. I want Eastman in there. <laughs> Eastman is... Danny Kerr, George Ford, Owen Farrell, Manu Terlangi. I quite like that. Yeah, I do as well. I think that could work really well. But we'll see. Mm. Wings. So, wings, we had Ashton, May, Noel, Watson, Wade, Yard. Noel's out. Uh, okay. and, and Wade is out as well. And Wade is out. Wait, yeah. Oh, Wade. So, so we've got Ashton, four left, though. Ashton, May, Watson, Yard. I think Ashton will get a recall. Uh, I think he'll, he I think he'll tour because yeah. he's playing superbly. Do you see May's 80-metre uh, try yeah. at the weekend? He's looking good. Great gas. It's Joel. Really good. Look, Joel. That's a rugby league player. No. No. Shane Mo- uh, Mo- Mo- Monaghan. Is Mon- he Irish? I don't know. Is, he, is he, he's on he serious form. He's scored... Four tries in two games, but four pretty simple. Marlon Yard. Simple tries. Is Marlon the one, Yard, isn't it? Yeah, he will definitely talk. He will potentially Start. be starting. The, yeah. The house fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Watson may tour um, because he can cover fullback. Yes. Watson's a good show. Um, and the fullbacks, Good, Brown, Foden, all playing well. Can't argue with them. And um, Foden can cover wing as well. Yeah. And Scrum Hoff, allegedly. Yeah, I wouldn't like to put him into an international not game. It's come so half. much. But, yeah, no, nothing's changing there. All their stock is pretty high. Right, interesting. Before we get to the Aviva Premiership semi-finals and all the rest of it, uh, let's have a stash update because we, we've talked about this season being the golden era of kits. Golden age of kits? The golden age of kits. I, still our favourite was Leicester Tigers home strip oh, this season. Yes. Magnificent. And our, one of our least favourites was Leicester Tigers away strip for this <laughs> season. That gingham like picnic blanket shirt that they have. Ugh. Anyway, uh, we have a stash update. Stash! <laughs> because London Irish have unveiled their new kit for the 2014-15 season. Have you seen it, gents? Uh, no. I'm furiously typing into Google to try and find it. Ah, oh, here oh. we go. Oh, right. Because it's right. So they've gone from... ISC, the Australian uh, now, mainly rugby league brand, rugs, mainly, mainly rugby league manufacturer. To yeah. O'Neill's, oh, who, who make who make Harlequin's kit. That's it. Um, I I think it's a step backwards. What the hell is it? Oh, it looks like a Gaelic football shirt. Do it, you not think in in very much in the way Ireland have done before? It just looks like an Ireland shirt. It, it does. Look, it's got that emerald green rather than the dark it's, green. It's exactly the same colour, yeah, as an island shirt. I, I don't like the fit. I mean, I know it's just on like mannequins, uh, but yeah, you can't judge I, it. It looks like it's being worn by Freddie Burns, yeah, ra- <laughs> rather than by or Jermaine, yeah. or, or, or Jermaine Jennis, rather than by Marlon Yard. Or well, no, he's, he won't be playing for Irish next season. I'm trying to think of an Irish player. Jermaine Jennis won't know. Uh, rather than Trevor Arnus or Blair Cowan or someone like that. I don't yeah. know say Trevor Arnus. T- Trevor Anus. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a step back. Okay, so let's just quickly um, go through this. I don't like the texture. I, I don't. I, I don't like how shiny it is. Uh, I don't like the fit, and I don't like the collar. Other than that, it's quite a nice kit. <laughs> oh, and I don't like the O'Neill sign either. It reminds me of like a student ball. I actually prefer the emerald green to the dark green. Yeah, the green is probably a little bit nicer, but it's just so plain as well. I don't mind plain as long as it's classic and plain. I don't like shiny oh. and plain. That's a shame because the London Irish away jersey I, I really liked. The home jersey I wasn't wasn't a fan of. It's just gone very very plain, hasn't it? A bit like Newcastle have done this season. Oh, oh, although, although that is not stop. a good thing. The, Newca- the Newcastle shirt is all right, and I quite like that their home and away kit is just a direct inverse, like New Zealand yeah, do the, the negative, the white yeah. black, and then it's the negative like uh, image. But they're they're <laughs> off off the pitch 
stash that Dean Richards insists on wearing. That oh, oh. yeah, that Orion fleece with a green collar from 1984. <laughs> oh is, my god, it's horrible. Really, <laughs> absolutely. It's like when a, did Newcastle get green in their kit? When when did this happen? They went through a stage of having pink in their kit and yellow. They've had yellow in the past. Have they? White and yellow. Yeah. I hope they go down again. <laughs> well, they, they, that was their 16th consecutive league defeat Good. at the weekend. Good, I enjoyed so, it. Uh, Mm. Yeah, there's a good chance they will go down next season. Although they have signed the two Alagis. Oh yeah, that's a huge, that's a big signing. Yeah, that's going to make <laughs> two more... massive signings. Well, one of the, massive one, signing. One massive well, signing and one token come along for the ride. I won't sign unless you sign my brother, who's not quite as good as me. Yeah, so they've signed Alex to Alagi. Why don't you pull that trick, Tim? You've got a, you got know, <laughs> you, your brother's got a few more really good years. Why yeah. not one one good year at London Irish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could. No, no. <laughs> Imagine Never how mind. to end in. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, so let's not talk about Newcastle again, eh? Uh, again, if your club has a new stash, let us know. Keep us up to speed with what's going on so we can talk about it in our and give it a stash update on the on the podcast. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, where I will post a picture of London Irish's new kit for next season. I like it. These two, not quite so sure. You don't like it. You, I don't, do. really, you don't mean that. No, I do. Why? I, I like the, Describe what you like about it. I like it. the emerald green. I like the simplicity of it. There you go. Looks like an okay. island shirt, which actually I quite like. It you looks can... like that they've got a uh, stand, standard stock stash from uh, Decathlon. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what print, it's like. printed on it. You, yeah, could, yeah. Uh, you could view it as a good or a bad thing. but A bad thing. You, a... You, you, could, you could wear an island jersey or a London Irish jersey to a London Irish match or an island match and you'd look like you were supporting them just the same. Well, I mean, so, you probably yeah. would be. So you, so you have to buy one jersey for for two both. occasions. Wow, wow! That's just what I want for my. Save uh, it. That's the, you see. That's what London Irish are doing. There, they're saving their fans money. Well, uh, how yeah. many rugby clubs are doing that? I like the Green Bay Packers because the Green Bay Packers demanded that when Nike t- took over the kits, that they even used the same material as the old jersey. The Green Bay Packers kit hasn't changed for over forty years. Wow! How cool is that? That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the rugby then, and preview these semi-finals which are coming up it's gonna be big 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 matches so the semi-finals line up this this coming friday at 7 45 is northampton versus leicester it's on a friday it's on a friday oh wow how well, when's the wasps game northampton leicester games are brutal anyway under the floodlights that is just gonna be epic yeah absolutely epic the fixture in the season that was the direct equivalent of this the Northampton Leicester game that ended in a draw Draw, 19-all which there was a little bit of controversy in the the last 10 seconds Mm. with a line out so this will be a real battle like Northampton felt like they should have won that game um, and will really want to be getting one up on on Leicester and what a way to go into it 74 points to 13 against against Wasps against Wasps it's just ridiculous where's the key battles everywhere um well, S- centres to Alagi versus Burrell. Will, 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 will Corbiziero be put back in? Will he have more game well, time? Well, I don't know. Uh, Alex, well, Alex Waller on Mullapolo, I think, is a big a big. It is, yeah. Battle. Waller's mm. playing very well. But oh, we didn't talk about him in the England squad. My word, how could we miss Waller as well, a shout for Lucid? Yeah, but they, they're just so fixed, the, the four players, aren't they? Yeah. I've, I've learnt my lesson not writing off Northampton because you know, I always think that they were a little bit fickle when it comes to like fencing up. But they've had some impressive wins. They've drawn against Leicester. I just think Leicester are coming into too much form and they're too powerful. Geneva versus North. Mm. That's big. Well, yeah, that is a match. Two against Burrell and Pisa. I, I see, I see, Northampton. No, I see be... a Northampton win here. Battle Royal. Yeah. yeah. Up front, uh, as in the front row, I think Leicester do have a big advantage, Joe. 
Monopola. Yeah, Monopola. Yeah, maybe they do. Have, maybe said... they do have an advantage. Yeah, I just think, I, home advantage. I think will, will see Northampton home. Much Get as the it ball did. to North. Was, oh, snap judgment, Leicester. Saints. Big call. Yeah, I'm going to say Saints. I think Saints will, will do it. Sarri's Quinns on Saturday. This is a 2pm kickoff on Saturday, 17th. Harlequins may be the form team in the entire league. Yeah, and what I really like about Harlequins and Saracens, actually, is the way that the players really seem to... Like, you feel how much love they have for that club mm. and for them, the sort of atmosphere they managed to get in the squad. It's something quite special, actually, with both sides. With both, yeah. And they're also... Um, they were very respectful towards each other on B- on, on BT Sport. I mean, obviously they're media training all the rest of it, but you could feel some genuine respect there. I think it's going to go, Harlequin's trying to speed up the game. They're going to throw every, everything at Saris, and Saris are just going to take it. Take it, take it, and take it, and they're going to beat them into submission. Like they did against Claremont, yeah. where you, Tim, you pointed out that Claremont had all the territory, all the possession, but just got nowhere because Saracen's defence was so resolute. If you think about rugby coaches, I always say, you, know, you, you can only win the game with the ball. It's such a powerful position to, to be in, to know you can win the game without a ball. Mm. The, it's, it's frightening. But then Quinns will be like, yeah, let's have it. We didn't think yeah. we, we, didn't, we didn't expect to be here. Let's go for it. Playing with yeah. house, nothing to lose. Playing with house money. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So it's, it's fascinating. I think Quinns won't, won't be nervous... Because Nar- they'll be like, they'll feel liberated, like, we, we, mm. we made it, let's do it. A Nario Quinn's win or an absolute crushing by Saracens? Is that what you're predicting? I'm not sure which one it is. I think Saracens by 10 points. I was going to say... If Saracens win, it'll be... Not easy, but I think a, yeah, comf- not- a comfortable, well, as comfortable as a semi-final can be, Saracens will yeah, win. Yeah, it, it, it will not be easy, but I think Saracens have enough to, to do it. And at this stage, if you have to call the final to, in, in three weeks' time or two, two weekends after this week... If we, if we did say it was Saints, Saris. Saints. I would go for Saris. Uh, actually, because Saris will have just played the Toulon game, the, the brutal Toulon and game. And Saints have beaten twice, haven't they? They definitely beat them once. Like, I can remember this season. They smashed them as well. Yeah, so Saints will have that week off to rest and recuperate. Yep. Saracens won't be able to have a booster week. No, and they're going to be trying to tackle Rousseau all day. Saracens will beat Harlequins, but then... We'll end up with no silverware. They'll get to two finals and win nothing. Wow. My prediction. Wow. Sorry, Jack. I think... Depends if Jack Berger plays. I think Saracens will win both competitions. Wow. I th- I th- again, you mentioned that Claremont match and they had no possession. What was it? like? It was 30, 30%. 30% yeah. possession. And they had even less territory, territorial advantage, and they managed to beat Claremont. Yeah. A, a hammer Claremont hammer, as well. Hammer Claremont. It was... It was uh, yeah. I, 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 think it's, I, think it's, I think it's their year. Bring on this weekend. Bring it on. Uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, this podcast, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We'll be back with another one uh, next week. And uh, you can always get in touch at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Go and have a look at that picture of us with Jack Berger at mm. BT Sport. Um, go and see, make up your own mind whether... JB is trying to hide being uh, very, very excited, shall we say, <laughs> when he's standing next to and hugging Jacques Berger. <laughs> so, uh, thoughts on who, who, who needs to be in the England squad? Who do you want to nominate for Banter Squadron? How do you think the weekend's matches are going to go? And if your team has any stash updates uh, to let us know about any kit, uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. That's where you can keep the conversation going. And, uh, yeah, nice one for listening. We'll see you next time, JB. Bye. Well, Cheers, Tim. There's only one thing left to do, and that's be played out by our theme song, 
we asked for it a few weeks back. Said, could anyone make a remix of Mick Morgan, the rugby league commentator? It, it happened, and well, it's our adopted theme song for the podcast. See you next time. In the final order of the game. Andy A.